Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Wyndham Garden Lafayette. And by Sheward & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with creative business consultant Aileen Bennett. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. The expression, the bottom line, comes from business. It refers to the bottom line of a balance sheet, which is the total sum of money that you've made or lost. In general conversation, we take it to mean the absolute fundamental basis of something. Today on Out to Lunch, we're talking about the real world bottom line for all of us, life and death, and the business bottom line. These financial and existential elements come together in the person of Dr. Paul Azar III. Paul is the fifth generation of his family to become a doctor, and he also graduated, come Law Day, from UL in finance and marketing. Paul's medical and business expertise combine in Lafayette in his innovative standalone clinic, Express Med, where you can see a doctor on demand without an appointment and, if necessary, without insurance. Paul, welcome to Out to Lunch. Glad to be here. Thank you. Nicole Johnson is also in the business of saving lives. Though rather than saving your life, Nicole teaches people how to save other people's lives. Nicole is the founder of CPR Connect. CPR Connect provides training in CPR. If a person stops breathing or their heart stops beating effectively, CPR is a life-saving technique that restores oxygenated blood flow to vital organs. There are many businesses and organizations that are legally required to have their staff trained in CPR, and Nicole's company, CPR Connect, provides that training. Nicole, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. Paul. In 2012, you left Manhattan, where you were working as a doctor, came back home to Lafayette and opened Express Med. Express Med is basically what I would think of as a regular old-fashioned doctor's office. You can walk in when you're sick without making an appointment weeks ahead, see a doctor who has time to talk to you and get quality care. Why, in today's climate of medical care, is Express Med regarded as an innovative, almost revolutionary concept? Well, living in Manhattan, I noticed that about half the people that were my age had health insurance and the other half didn't. And um, when I came back, I saw that Lourdes, which used to be across the street from my dad's clinic, uh, was no longer there. And an area that was previously bustling uh, sort of was on a, a downward, uh, I guess, phase of its uh, existence. And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this area not only did it need uh, medical care now that there wasn't any more uh, Lourdes Hospital, but uh, the area was always going to be the center of the city, the heart of the city. Everywhere that uh, the culture of Lafayette exists is um, downtown, St. Streets, UL, Cajun Field, and that's right smack dab in the middle where Express Med is. And I knew Express Med was going to be successful because I knew people just wanted simple country medicine customer service, almost exactly like a restaurant. And as a matter of fact, uh, basically, customer is always right. We pride ourselves on not only having the optimal uh, medical care, but optimal customer service. We'll be talking a lot about customer service. 
So you noticed the problem first and came up with a solution. You noticed the area wasn't being served any longer and you came up with the solution for that. Had you seen models like that already? I didn't. No, it was, all, it was kind of a bit of a divine intervention. I just saw uh, a spot where I knew uh, it, it could work or I... I guess in my mind at the time I knew it could work and it fortunately did, uh, you know, rather be lucky than good as they say, but uh, yeah, it was kind of all, one, all at once. Nicole, you're in the position of going into people's workplaces and teaching employees skills that are not related to their daily jobs. Skills that quite frankly, most of them hope they're never going to have to use. On the one hand, what you're teaching is extremely serious. It's literally a matter of life and death. But on the other hand, the people you're teaching, by and large, just want to get it over as quickly as possible. How do you bridge that gap between providing a teaching experience that's entertaining enough to get people to pay attention and providing the knowledge necessary to save lives? Well, exactly like you say, it's, it's, it's standard training and CPR training. I just try to make it as fun as possible by giving um, fun facts and um, real life uh, examples. And also by putting them in the shoes of what if it's your family or what if it's somebody close to you. And um, by introducing facts, a lot of times people in my class will say, um, They've taken this class five or six times, and this is the first time that they really were in, um, interested in what we were talking about because I, just, I didn't just play the boring video that everybody is used to. Yeah, because some of them are doing it just to check a box, but there's actually, if they remember it, they can save a life. So right. it's kind of important. Right. At the end of each class, I always say, did you learn something that you never knew before? And everybody always usually says that they've learned something, and it's because I do my research. I'm bored also because I teach this class every day. So I need to make it as interesting for them just as for myself. So Now, we know that gyms and some industries need CPR training. What are the industries we wouldn't expect that need someone on their, on their staff to be qualified in CPR? Um, I just had a lumberyard call me about needing to be CPR certified. Um, but a lot of times... Uh, um, you'll have like um, Boys and Girls Club or like Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts or even just um, families going on vacation and they just want to get their their children certified because the adults know CPR but their thinking is if something happens to the adult will the children know what to do so that's something that I never even thought about family and friends. So similar to, to Paul you saw a need mm -hmm. because a lot of these people don't do their training until the last minute they realize their certification is about to run out and so you saw a need and instead of doing a traditional course you decided to go to them right um, so the industry that I worked in I worked um, in with healthcare agencies so like private duty agencies and a lot of times the cost for the um, owner is a burden on the, the business and also having to take their staff off a of schedule to go to a training um, was also a burden. So me going to them, instead of them having to come to me, um, just filling the gap. Paul, did, did you ever consider being the mobile thing where the doctor comes to, to visit the house uh, I, instead know, of... I have to applaud you, Nicole. That's such a great idea. It's just kind of like one of those, why did I think of that kind of things? But no, I, I didn't. That's a great idea. So both of you, you've kind of disrupted your business models a little bit and looked at customers first and decided what do they need. Can you see a time in either of your industries when we're going to do all of this over our iPhone? Am I just going to be able to video chat with my doctor or do my class online? 
I'd like to think the answer to that is, uh, you know, no. There's always going to be a need for human beings and a skill level of human beings. And, you know, first and foremost, compassion is what, you know, medicine and, you know, CPR training is about. And you have to be able to relate to your students. You have to relate to your patients. And uh, I think uh, technology is a good thing in a lot of ways. Uh, but it's also good to keep the, the basics of, of modern medicine. Yeah, a lot of times um, you want to go to technology just because it's easier and faster. But um, a lot in a lot of these training institutes, like American Heart, Red Cross, they offer online training, but they still require an in-person skills component. So, I mean, you can't practice with a mannequin over the internet. You need to actually. And we can just yeah. click through training online, and this really, really matters. This isn't just about checking a box. And the same is that when somebody's sick, they you need to actually interact with them. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So I know customer service is really important in what you do. How do you train your staff? Because you're dealing with people who are obviously sick and stressed a lot of the time. And that shows up in different ways in different people. I, when I get sick and stressed and I go to an emergency clinic, I make really bad jokes a lot to... Um, <laughs> Well, actually, that's me being normal as well. But I say, so do you do you look at all those different ways that people will show that they're stressed and in pain that aren't, you know? Yeah. Well, the people that work uh, for us, you know, that it starts with the hiring process. You want to hire people that are uh, good candidates, and they want to represent what you want them to represent, which is the gold standard of quality. And so, uh, what kind of questions do you ask in the interview process? It's more to of a sure read. May call it the Manhattan years. Call it. I uh, was born with it. But but it's more of a read, and I can, I'm pretty good at, at picking out good, uh, good staff. And I have an amazing uh, business partner, and uh, he's the primary uh, provider uh, who's also pretty much just born to do this. Nicole, you do kind of two things in your business. You go out yourself and do the training, but you're looking at a business model where you also have other people you send out to the training. How do you vet them? Do you vet them? How do you make sure that customer service is the same from them as it is from you? Um, uh, first and foremost, um, they have to be a certified American Heart or Red Cross instructor. So if they have that check from American Heart or Red Cross, then that's a goal for me to move forward in the selection process. Next would be just for me to monitor them teaching classes, seeing how they interact there, with their yeah, students. Definitely. Yeah, So that's important too. Um, and then we also have uh, evaluations that they conduct at the end of their classes. And then, um, but you have the instructor there you know, that collects the, the evaluations. So we also do um, our own evaluations outside of what's required, um, you know, for the class. So after somebody t takes a class, we do an evaluation with them where there is no pressure of the instructor being able to see what the evaluation says. So um, we do a couple of um, checks and balances to make sure that the instructors are, um, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. Quality management. Yes, absolutely important. So, Nicole, that business model allows for growth. Paul, where are you on growth? Is this just the first one of a nationwide chain? Is it going to grow slowly? And what's good, the plan? It's a good question. Uh, when I started out, I, I did have aspirations of doing some uh, franchising or uh, at least uh, adding different branches. But I went back to one of my favorite uh, people and businessmen in, the, uh, in this community. It's Red Laurel. And I mean, he could have been uh, Gold's Gym. I don't know if you're familiar, but it's a yes. nationwide 
you know, ubiquitous gym all over the country. And uh, I, I was fortunate enough to, you know, grow up right near the the health club and I saw him every month he would put something into the clin- uh, t- into the club that was new and yeah he and invested novel. a lot back in he put all of his money back into it and you know he stayed you know he doesn't have to be there all day but every single day he's there looking at quality of his uh, his establishment and he's making sure that he maintains the gold standard uh, as uh, a health club and I mean I, I've been all over and I've never seen a health club come close to that so long story long uh i think it's better to you know establish yourself with the the highest quality of care and until you can assure that you can do that in another location you know you want to stay put so you know you have to clone my partner and i to be able to go and do that uh for now but uh i think you know we're we're, we're good right where we're at and i think we'll you know maybe we'll cross that bridge a little bit later but you know, so far. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. My guests today are Paul Azar III from Express Med and Nicole Johnson from CPR Connect. One thing that fascinates me about both of you guys is you were already good in your industry, but you both care just as much about business and business skills as you do. Do you think that's the model moving forward? Would you tell anyone who wanted to eventually do anything that business was important these days? How did you come by it? Well, I think, uh, you know, I was born a businessman and I sort of by default had to become a doctor and I knew that I would go back. You had to become a doctor because five generations in your family have been doctors? Yeah, it's kind of one of those things I was like, you know, their family's pretty tough. I mean, was it an unspoken thing or was it an actual you would become? It was kind of spoken. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, uh, I also had sort of something inside me that didn't want to be 40 and think what if so I was like well hell with it I'm crazy enough to to try it so I ended up I I got in and then I'm like well I gotta finish and then I gotta do you know so I I couldn't go halfway so I did a residency ended up living in New York which was best experience of my life taught me everything about myself that I needed to know I think and uh, or at least up to that point especially in medicine uh, those days of the you know Massive amounts of revenue coming in from uh, insurances and, you know, leakage not mattering, uh, employees being, you know, uh, sort of substandard not mattering. Now it's you have to run a tight ship in order to make a profit. And, uh, you know, I've seen many practices that are, you know, led by wonderful staff, wonderful doctors, but they don't have the business acumen. and they're suffering. And uh, one of the things that I like to do is go in and you know help them from a financial standpoint, um, because I think the future is business, and it'll always be business. And Nicole, you could have quite happily had a career where you did this training and became you know very well known for being the the good person doing this training. Why then start a business? So entrepreneurship has always been something that um, yeah, it's just in me, um, and so. I mean, my mom had a job, my dad had a job. Even whenever things got bad, the first thing my daddy said was, baby girl, you don't want to go and get a job? It's just as in me to have a, to, to run my own business and to have the freedom. And so um, I guess part of my purpose was to prove them wrong, to prove everybody that I could do this. And so instead of using that as discouragement, it really was my motivation um, to want to do better and be the best and have the best business that I could possibly have. Um, but having that entrepreneurial spirit and then, I mean, my background is in marketing and management, so it only made sense, um, you know, to 
turn the skill that I had into a business, you know. And I would say I'm never going to fire myself. That's, you know, it's the most secure job in the world. Right. So, Nicole, you started, your company was called cpr to go which was the company that went to places to do the CPR training. Right. Now it's CPR Connect because then you can take on other people. And we're also hearing rumors about the next pivot to a new name. Yep, yep. So the next pivot is Certification Connect. So CPR Connect uh, CPR to go, CPR uh, mobile convenient on demand CPR training. Um, Certification Connect allows us to do other trainings outside of CPR and also um, we're in the process of building a software platform to allow employers and employees to be able to track their certifications and have more ease with scheduling and reminders about renewals. So you've taken something that could have been a nice simple little business, are you driving around Louisiana delivering training to like a real startup with like investors and rounds of financing and an app? I told you, I'm proving them wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like, you know, proving them wrong to be motivation. Absolutely. Nothing beats it. It's the best motivation ever. Nicole and Paul, this is part of the show that we call Another Great Idea. Maybe you've got a friend like this, someone who's always got that great idea for you. They tell you about this job you should apply for, or that guy you should have a cup of coffee with, or a great investment opportunity that you should jump on now. You can take advice like this and it turns out to be a disaster. You can dismiss this advice and miss out on something that might have been really great. Or you can take your friend's advice and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Do you have an example in your life or career of a friend who's had that great idea for you? Did you take their advice? How did it turn out? I graduated from UL in 05, and uh, so I got two people for you, two people, one story. Um, I graduated from UL in 05, and um, everybody knows Katrina and Rita happened in 2005, so January 2006, I'm working for FEMA, and it was one layoff after the next, working for one FEMA contract after the next, and then uh, in 2009, I found myself back in Lafayette, and um, I'm working for a healthcare agency, and the owner sent me to become a CPR instructor. So in the process of getting my uh, certification, um, I got fired from the company, and so um, the clinical director at Lafayette General called me and said, do you still want to pursue this CPR certification? I was like, well, I don't work for the company anymore. I didn't think I could. And she was like, you absolutely could. And you can make great money on the side doing this. And so uh, her name is Miss Ella Beth. I'll never forget. And so um, set up a meeting. Um, she kind of gave me the game plan. And it has been history ever since. And like I said, two people. My second person is my daddy. The, the minute things went wrong in business, he said, you sure you don't want to go and get a job? You get a marketing job. My dad, I mean, my dad is 35 years in the school board in Iberia Parish. He used to be the chief administrative officer for the mayor of Iberia Parish. So his thinking is, go get a job. Stability. They want that safety right. for you. Right, 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 right. And I, I remember crying, I don't want a job. I don't want to do that. I want to do this. And so between Ms. Ella Beth's help and my daddy's motivation, the rest is history. It's funny how similar things are because uh, my dad still to this day, you know, asks me if I want to practice, you know, and I say, look, I was born a businessman. I'm doing what I want. I spent 35 years doing that part of it. So now, you know, having the entrepreneurial freedom is everything. And, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, definitely the the biggest part of it is is the freedom and being able to invent something out of nothing. 
So I guess it's my turn to answer that question. Yes, Mine's please. not nearly as profound, but I uh, have a friend who is an actor in uh, Hollywood. He's trying to become a more well-known actor, but when I uh, went up there last month and uh, kind of noticed where he, I thought he was going wrong, I uh, gave him my own advice, and he and his wife said that I should go and be an agent. And I'm like, oh, God, a Hollywood agent sounds like something, so maybe that's the next step for me, and then maybe producing. So, so do you practice medicine at all now, or you just do the business just side? Just business side. We have a medical director, John Higginbotham, and my partner, uh, Shane LaHood, is a PA. They're both born to do what they do. Nobody's better at what they do. Uh, and. I enjoy. Was that a hard yeah. moment stepping aside, knowing someone nope. else was better at it? Nope. Not at all. Me. I mean, I knew that growing up. I, I you know, my uh, my grandfather used to say that my dad was good at ham radio and eyes, and that's kind of it. And I'm a very, very, very much the antithesis of him because I'm, I'm good at a lot of stuff, or really good at a lot of stuff. I'm not the best at anything. I knew I couldn't be as good or be as passionate about what he did uh, with his career and I knew that was enough for me to know that I've got to follow my heart and business was... Yeah, you, you know. don't get to choose your passions and once that business right. hooks you in, right. it's just fascinating. And that's you know, been the best decision I have not regretted one day since I've... And so you find uh, business as rewarding as medicine? More. You know, because you can still help people, you still get yeah, that satisfactory. Yeah, you're still saving lives. You might not see it directly, both of you. Right. Do you ever get feedback on someone you've trained that they've saved a life, or have you ever done that yourself? So I've never given CPR. I have used my first aid skills before, but I do have um, one girl that works for a healthcare agency, and um, she works with clients that have mental and developmental disabilities. And uh, her client had a seizure, and she was. She told me. Everything that you told me to do immediately started like flooded back to her whenever the the seizure happened, and so just to get the feedback, that's again it's motivation. That little reminder that yeah, it does make it a makes difference, sense, right? Both of you also have adapted to the world we live in now, where everything's last minute. You don't, Paul, you don't work on an appointment system. People can show up when they're sick, which saying it just seems the most logical thing in the world <laughs> rather than have an appointment. And Nico, I know a lot of your training is last minute when people realize certifications are about to come out. Was that a deliberate, let me look at how the world is going and respond to that, or was it just a natural decision? I mean, for me, it was a lot more natural. I guess I, living in New York, Manhattan for four years, it's a fishbowl of productivity and no one there is uh, remotely resting on their laurels. Everybody there is cutting edge. Everybody there is just speed of light, just going, going, going. And, uh, you know, coming back here, uh, you know, a place that I love, I knew I was going to spend the rest of my life. Uh, it's it's easy to get uh, a large perspective, a bird's eye view, so to speak, of what can and cannot work here and what I think, you know, trends are moving towards. And, uh, yeah, I mean, long story long again, uh, yeah, it was more of a, I guess, inherent second nature kind of thing. I kind of knew, had a good feeling about it. Yeah, yeah so for me, in the very beginning, I, I was mobile. But the on-demand came because um, at first I catered to businesses. Whenever I started to cater to individuals, and I realized at the end of the month, people are calling because their jobs are telling them, look, your card is expiring and you can't come to work. I realized I needed to 
add that on-demand training part of it. So Such it a great really, idea. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that's customer service on your behalf. Customer service isn't just what the people who work for you do to your outside customers. It's how you treat your staff and right. everybody else. And, and noticing those trends, I think you've both done particularly well. Thank you. We, so, were, we were born this way, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's the answer. <laughs> so, Nicole, as your business grows, will you still be based in this area or will you go to New York to... I think that I am a Cajun girl at heart, and um, I will always be here. But I definitely see my business being national, international. Um, you know, sky's the limit. With CPR training, it's required everywhere. So, And once you get into other forms of training, right, right. then you really can grow. Mm -hmm. I started out today by talking about the bottom line of business and of life itself. The only thing that's about as certain as the cycle of life and death is the cycle of conversation about healthcare. It's political and economic issue that, unlike us, never seems to get old or die. Nicole and Paul, you've both made valuable contributions to the bottom line of our healthcare system here in Acadiana. It's been great to learn a little of what you're up to and where your avenues of medicine and business are leading you. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Nicole Johnson, founder of CPR Connect and Certification Connect, soon, and Dr. Paul Azar III, CEO of ExpressMed. You can find out more about Nicole's CPR and Paul's clinic by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Morrill. Our researchers are Anne Christian and Ali Coates. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from the show on our website, itsacadiana.com, and on our It's Acadiana Facebook page. These photos were taken by Lucius A. Fontenot. You can find out more about Lucius on lafphoto.com. You can get this show and past shows as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at itsacadiana.com. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsacadiana.com and krvs.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and krvs 88.7 FM. I'm Aileen Bennett. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Cafe Vermilionville for more business, Acadiana style, on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette. Cafe Vermilionville is open Monday to Friday for lunch and six nights a week for dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The Out to Lunch Acadiana theme music, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Out to Lunch Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escaday. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Sheward & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Collie Saloon. 
Wyndham Garden Lafayette is a pet and family-friendly hotel with reception space for large and intimate events, free parking, free Wi-Fi, and a free shuttle within three miles that includes the airport and downtown restaurants.